Take your sheets off, grab a drink, refresh your mind and elevate yourself to your best life in the Good evening and welcome to The Lounge, everybody. I'm Annette Gomez, one of your co-hosts for this evening, along with Titania, Kelly, and Shankara. The family is back and ready for another exciting season. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. Listen, I can't believe this year is almost over, yet there were still some very hot topics from the year before that was called 2020, a year of political strife, social injustice. But one of the things that came out of that year is how we view diversity in the workplace commonly known as DEI. We've got just the person that can talk about this hot topic. Brittany Scurry is a diversity, inclusion, and talent acquisition manager, and she joins us this evening. Good evening, Brittany. Hi, how are you? Doing well. Excited for you to be here. Now, Britt, let me brag on you for just a moment, okay? Brittany is a Charlotte, North Carolina native, but now calls the city of brotherly love her home. She is an experienced learning facilitator with a demonstrated skill set of strategic planning, end-to-end program management, communications, counseling, and advising. Brittany is passionate about diversity, equity, and inclusion. She holds a BA in psychology and communication studies and a master's degree in education, who considers herself a lifelong learner that enthusiastically quests for knowledge in the pursuit of helping others. You certainly have picked the right field, Britt. So once again, hello. And- Hello, happy to be here. Let's dive right in, Britt. So when I first told uh, a few friends about this week's topic, I was surprised because a lot of folks don't know what it is. In reality, it's an issue that's been around for quite some time, but for those that don't know, please explain what DEI is and why it's so important. Absolutely. So, you know, we all know that it stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion, but just to break that down a little bit more, um, I like to use the I don't know where I gathered this from, but (laughs) I use it often. Um, You know, diversity is really a fact. Uh, We live in a diverse society. um, And when there is not diversity in in a space that is, you know, kind of, uh, what's the word, contradictory to what is natural to, you know, just how we live. Um, And so, when we talk about it, um, inclusion, that's what I call, you know, diversity is a fact, inclusion is an act. Um, so inclusion is about intentionally um, bringing diverse individuals together <clears throat> um, to uh, work on building connections because we know that diversity produces um, creativity, innovation, Um, you know, just having different perspectives, different um, backgrounds, but it only works when there is an intention to include and um, collaborate with those of difference. And then equity is advocacy. So it's more than just talking about inclusion. Um, It's it's going a little bit further because we can do things to intentionally include those in our group, or in our, you know, immediate space, but equity is about changing policy, changing procedure, um, so that that the issue of diversity and inclusion does not repeat itself. So making sure that we're um, really looking towards 
how to make things more equitable um, and not not equal, but equitable um, for all those that are being included in, in this diverse space. Absolutely, and I, you know, I live on LinkedIn, and I'm telling you, Brittany, there is an explosion of jobs for this. Have you been seeing that as well, or is it maybe just me? No, it's definitely not to you. Um, after the racial injustice and um, you know protests, uh, we saw a lot of companies you know claim to, or make claims to want to try to improve upon this. But this is something that people have been fighting for for <laughs> you know almost from the beginning of this country. Um, and so I think that it, it's definitely something that maybe has resurfaced um, as a point of um, focus, but it's been around for a, a while and um, it's definitely picking up now. Um, you will see, I, I've found in history, you see waves um, because people say, oh, we wanna work on it, let's hire someone. And then, you know, <laughs> nothing gets done. So um, that's definitely something that you have to keep an eye out on um, if that's something you're trying to hold people accountable to and corporations accountable to. Well, this is a perfect segue for Shankara because as, as you just stated and I stated earlier when we opened the 2020 protests really brought it to the forefront. And Shankara, I know this was something that weighed heavily on you when we were in the planning stages for this show. Absolutely. Um, and good morning, Brittany. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate this. Um, this is actually a topic that's really near and dear to my heart because, as Brittany just said it best, you know, a lot of companies when we had, and the incident that I specifically think about was a George Floyd incident that happened. Um, a lot of companies came out after that George Floyd incident and talked about wanting to create their diversity inclusion programs, wanting to make them better, wanting to be more all inclusive. And a phrase got coined, and you kind of touched on it, Brittany, when you said this has kind of been around since the um, beginning of time, but it's gone in ways. And the phase, the phrase that was coined was um, a lot of companies have been about the moment, but not about the movement, right? And so my mm -hmm. question to you along those lines is exactly how do you feel companies can keep that momentum, right? And that appreciation for diversity and inclusion up and not allow it to just be about the moment, but instead about the movement. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that stems from, you know, your initial interest. I don't think that people that have just been awakened to this uh, in 2020 can't, you know, succeed. But I think that the where you start is um, really uh, telling of how you'll finish. So if you, you know, saw this, and it was a reactionary um, kind of move, oh, let's hire someone, you know, um, <clears throat> let's hire someone, let's, let's do some training, um, but not having a, a strategy to really transform your organization, um, that's where you're going to get into tricky situations because, you know, one-off initiatives are not going to move the needle. Um, and really, the things that we're, like, the things that we're comparing are really apples to oranges. So um, I find it interesting that corporations, because of this, this uh, movement, 
Um, I think that it's wonderful that this movement has spurred several different um, industries and um, corporations to make a change, and I hope that they continue. But really, that is a systemic injustice. So when you look at that, you can't put a Band-Aid on that. So I think that corporations that will actually make change they're not looking to put a Band-Aid on. They're not looking to do a program. They're looking to uh, really take a, a good look at their organization, um, survey, uh, get data um, to really figure out how to transform the organization to have a mindset of equity um, at every level um, and not just having DE&I be a, a department. Um, but being something that is pervasive across the organization. Absolutely. That's true. That's true. You know, you talked about diversity being a fact and inclusion being an act. I like that. Um, so tell me this, Brittany, what are some of the more popular initiatives that you've seen that have come out of the whole diversity, equity, inclusion space in the last year that you feel um, are going to be ones that really um, are ones to watch, right? That some of the companies have done. Is there any particular initiatives that you've seen that have come out that were part of the DEI space that you just really feel are they're onto something, right? And that, that this can mm -hmm. keep the momentum up, that it can really move the dial forward. Yeah, um, that's a that's an interesting one. Um, I've definitely been kind of a student of, you know figuring out what other organizations are doing and, you know, seeing if that can work in my own organization. I think when we talk about equity, um, when we talk about diversity and inclusion, I'll, I'll answer the first question first. I, I've seen some really great strides in terms of equity, I think. Um, but in terms of diversity and inclusion, I've really seen um, a, a big push for changing uh, hiring practices, doing a reload on how they're even uh, explaining the positions. Um, that's something that's really been a standout in, in my role. We know that, um, you know, just in talent acquisition, we know that people that are of minoritized identities are more likely to self-select themselves out by after reading a job description than their white male counterparts. And um, so really re-shifting and paying close attention to how are we putting our information out at the front door? Um, because it's really hard to talk about inclusion when your your workforce does not is not representative of a diverse, you know, um, space. So that is why a lot of the times talent acquisition is intrinsically linked to um, diversity and inclusion. Um, in terms of equity, I think, you know, putting co corporations, putting their money where their mouth is, like really thinking um, intentionally about their pay structure. And if that has been, um, you know, kind of biased towards a particular group, um, really doing a pay uh, equity um, study on their organization, that's something that I think is, um, you know, really phenomenal in terms of, uh, initiatives that have come out of um, the most recent years. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, that's very interesting to, to kind of hear that, you know, it's been 
we've seen the biggest um, initiatives that have been the most successful in the hiring practices, and of course, of course, putting their money where their mouth is, and um, and making sure that from a there's a pay equity standpoint. That, and I think that is, um, that's that's important. Those are definitely important. You know, tell tell us, Brittany, how do you get a company right? who's not been on board with diversity and inclusion, um, who's not necessarily either felt the need to be um, be a part of a diversity and inclusion um, migration or uh, have a program set up. How do you get a company that, that sits in that space on board to have or develop a diversity and inclusion program? Well, <laughs> that's a funny question. I actually, and kind of uh, maybe radical in my opinion. I don't think you should force anyone to do that um, because it's not going to be coming from a genuine place. I think the best diversity and inclusion um, programs and uh, you know basically initiatives come out when when it's coming from top down. If leadership is not um, you know, really interested in changing and transforming the organization towards a more equitable space, you're going to have a really hard time. However, I will say that a, a, a way to, you know, shift um, people's perspective is to speak in their language. If you have an instance like that, a lot of times it's because they think that Diversity and inclusion is counterintuitive to the, the main goal of any corporation, which is to make money. Um, but showcasing how it does um, over time, uh, not paying attention to equity, not paying attention to you know hiring um, and uh, increasing diversity will have a detrimental effect on their business um, in terms of money. And so sometimes, you know, sharing the business case um, can really shift people's perspective. But I think that there needs to be a, a moral um, element to uh, people's um, drive towards, uh, you know, putting an uh, initiative like this together because things will come up along the way that um, might not necessarily have a direct impact to financial. And you need, you need leadership to be um, on board even at that moment. And so I am of the mindset of if your organization is not considering this right now, run. <laughs> um, after this year, I mean, that's just my honest opinion. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I mean, unless you, unless you're, unless you don't have a, a interest in this, but yeah, if, if you're wanting to shift your organization and they are not trying to do that now, you know, yeah, I, I totally <laughs> it, get it. I totally get it. And it's so funny you said that because I recently heard a story um, from a, a friend who talked about how the millennials, right, have really taken this seriously. And she had a couple of candidates that were interns there at their company this summer. And when the company offered one of them, um, was a, a female, an African-American female, a position, she declined because she said there was not enough diversity Absolutely. at the company. So Absolutely. you're seeing where people are, are looking for that even in their uh, quest to get jobs, um, especially the millennials. So that is absolutely amazing. Really, really good information. So what we're going to do here, Brittany, is we're going to take a break. So out there to all of our podcast listeners, you guys know the drill. We've got to take a pause for the calls and go pay some bills. We'll be right back with Brittany Scurry, who is a diversity, inclusion, talent, and acquisition manager. And today she's talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. We'll be right back. 
Greetings. This is Dr. Essie McCoy, your podcast host of Dr. Essie Speaks Education. I am elated to bring you a weekly show where I discuss everything about education. That's right. What you want to know, what you don't know, and what you need to know will be aired each Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Get ready, mark your calendars, and tune in to this show as we keep the pulse on education from an award-winning educator. Remember, once again, to tune in every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Classy, chic, cultured, custom group travel. That's the Exceptional Travel Destination Travel Club way. From Miami to Dubai and all the places in between, XTD Travel Club has you covered. Whether you're planning a vacation or staycation, here at XTD Travel Club, we believe your next vacation is only limited to how big you are willing to dream. Customized, all-exclusive, upscale travel for groups is what we do. Celebrating a milestone birthday, anniversary, or just want to get away with family and friends, but you want someone else to plan the trip? From the black car service that picks you up and takes you to the airport to the group dinner at your all-inclusive resort, well, our XTV Concierge Travel Service has you covered. And did we mention we offer installment painted plans on many of our packages? Well, we do. So we've got you covered there, too. You just tell us where and when, and we will take care of the rest. Visit us today on the web at www.exceptionaltravel.com. That's exceptional with an X. On Facebook at Exceptional Travel Destinations Travel Club, or on Instagram at Exceptional Travel Destinations. Or call us at 844-XTD-TRAVEL and get ready to live, explore, and celebrate one XTD vacation at a time. Mention code EELVK10 and receive 10% off your first travel package with XTD Travel Club. Well, welcome, welcome back, everyone. This is your girl, Tatanya, and this evening we are talking to Brittany Scurry. We're having some great conversation around diversity and inclusion. So, Brittany, before we went to break, um, Shankar was talking in detail about some of the, I love what you said about, you know, if, a, if an organization is not really embracing diversity and inclusion, you need to run. And I totally, totally agree <laughs> with that. After what we went through 2020, um, that should be part of their, one of their main initiatives um, going forward. So what would you say is the most difficult part of implementing a diversity and inclusion program? Yeah, so um, I think the hardest part about implementing it into a workplace um, is really what I talked about earlier. Uh, DE&I is really, um, it, it takes time. <clears throat> and businesses are always in the um, mode of speed, you know, efficiency, um, and, you know, making money. Uh, yeah. Those are, you, you know, no matter yeah. what, like if they're a nonprofit, what have you, making money is their uh, main goal, right? Um, yeah. And so 
you know, businesses that are wanting to be competitive, especially like to do things fast. So enacting policy, holding people accountable, um, lessening bias is all is all in a in a sense a way of attempting to slow people's quick decision making processes down that um, negatively impact marginalized groups. So that really you having to um, negotiate the slower speed of DEI and um, the fast-paced business world is really something that you it, it, it makes things difficult. Some of the things that help with that, I believe, are sharing the love. <laughs> so um, a lot of the time, uh, DNI can be a department, and then it's like, hey, you do all the DE and I stuff, <laughs> and we'll, you know, make the make the the bread in the morning, or <laughs> you know, what have you. Um, but really, sharing the love is. Whole, uh, um, giving specific metrics and sharing, um, you know, diversity and, and inclusion um, accountability measures to every aspect of the business. Um, and that allows people to see it actually apply to their, you know, business unit. So for, for example, in hiring, in conversations that they have, leadership conversations, mentoring conversations, incorporating that into how they, you know, lead, how they supervise, um, that helps to, you know, not see it as a, a competing factor, but something that's incorporated in the organization. So it's not slowing, like, it's not this one department slowing everything down. <clears throat> It is, this is something that you're being held accountable to. So you have to treat it just as you would, you know, a, a metric to increase something by 25%. That's good. That's good. I, I like that. And that leads me into this next question because you just hit on something. So, you know, organizations and business, I know uh, I've talked to a lot of people who work in, in corporate America and also government agencies, and they're really trying to figure out um, strategies and tips to really support diversity and inclusion through hiring and retention. Um, what can you share um, a little bit about, about that? Um, yeah, so I, I'm of the mindset that uh, hiring, talent acquisition, and DE&I are intrinsically linked. So when you're looking at your organization um, and you're not seeing the diversity or the um, you know, representation that you would like to see. Uh, you know, we're not going to be in the business of firing people. So the only way to improve upon that is to hire new individuals. And with this new uh, land uh, landscape of um, remote work offerings, you know, some organizations are doing it, some are calling folks back into the office. But in that way, you have a lot more room to, um, you know, hire more people, um, with with a variety of differences. Um, so when you're talking about, you know, thinking about diversity and inclusion when with hiring and retention, you have to have a, a framework shift um, and focusing on what do we do in terms of hiring? How are our hiring practices supporting 
um, hiring folks of various identities. And then also looking at how bias impedes that. There's so many hiring biases. And something I tell people is we all have biases. Like I have biases. So it's not a matter of just putting someone um, of a minoritized identity in a space where they can hire individuals because we could do the same exact thing. Um, it's changing, creating scorecards, um, measuring uh, people's um, ability to do the job based on the same characteristics um, and not, you know, kind of going with your gut or um, giving everybody a consistent experience. Um, and, and that's really important to the, you know, hiring process. And then in terms of retention, you really have to look at inclusion. So we don't want to be in the business of Oh, we're gonna, we are increasing diversity. Let's bring all of these people, you know, from the LGBTQ community of various different uh, ability, um, you know, people of color. And then they're in a, an environment that was not prepared for them. And so they leave, you know, uh, before six months. So when you talk about, that's why, that's why we always put DE and I together because you have to do them simultaneously. Um, so, you know, something that I do that has been done um, with my organization is that we really prepared for it by doing trainings, um, understanding what intentional inclusion looks like, how to essentially uh, speak up and, and avoid bystander, um, um, having bystander intervention um, in the workplace. So that when we are, you know, increasing our diversity, people are not coming into a toxic workplace. Right. That's important. You hit on two things, training, being trained, and being intentional about it. So I think those are the two things that organizations really need to take in consideration because it's not just, okay, let's go ahead and just bring people in from different backgrounds. No, you have to have a plan and a strategy around that. So Kelly, I know you had a couple of questions for, for Brittany as well. Yes, thank you. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Brittany. Um, this has been um, an awesome, awesome discussion so far um, and very timely for me. I just, I just spoke with um, one of the employees at, at my organization. She happens to be the, uh, the DEI attorney um, for our organization. And um, she was very concerned about keeping her job really because as she's trying to further the cause of DEI in the organization, she's getting pushed back by the very organization mm -hmm. that hired her. <laughs> so yeah. it's almost like we want to check the block and say that we have a DEI attorney and give the, give the appearance that we're doing something mm -hmm. without actually wanting to do something. And I'm wondering if it's a deeper problem than just, you know, just the hiring, just the retention, you know, it's really the mindset and the culture of some of these organizations, how they were built for many, many years ago, Absolutely. you know, yeah. and how do, how definitely. do you address that? Yeah, that's definitely, um, you know, something that I don't think that her, I mean, I always feel as though people's feelings are valid, <laughs> but um, I think that that's a, you know, a real concern um, because 
when you when you talk about <clears throat> diversity, equity, and inclusion, you're not sharing sunshine and rainbows. You're not <laughs> bringing forth. Um, you're 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 called in, or at least seemingly, to point out issues, to point out things that can be changed for the better. Um, right. <clears throat> and that's so interesting because she's an attorney, so it's like, hey, this is like. Uh, specifically related to your money <laughs> so right, um, right. That's, that's very interesting that she's facing pushback um but uh I think the, the ways in which you deal with it what I really like about this you know Gen Z generation is that they do not um they just don't take it <laughs> um yeah. so I think you know I think we're maybe going to talk about this a little bit later but it's a talent uh, market right now. And so when you, I think that what is really important is really to vet the organization, that their values that they expose are true to the organization. So I think having that, that's why I say that having that personal, that moral element really mm-hmm. um, affects, if you're just doing it for the money or, you know, you soon you usually will soon come to realize, hey, if I just don't point out the issues, <laughs> you know, the money's right. coming in right now. So, um, but organizations that don't, aren't open to change will inevitably fail. Yeah. Um, so in that experience, I feel like, you know, maybe, maybe there's a, a chance to move or um, perhaps, you know, really sharing um, and reiterating that this is what you called me in here to do, reevaluating yeah. her job description with her manager. Like if, if you want me to do something else and, and, and your friend is okay with that, then, hey, do that other thing. But sharing with them, this is what you called me in to do. This is, these are the things that I have enacted. Um, yeah. And really uh, sharing that with her manager and calling them to, you know, look at that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, what I, what I do like about some organizations out there is that they're telling on themselves and Mm -hmm. um, talking about where their numbers are and really wanting to um, make a change and move to a better direction. And so I'm hoping that, you know, I'm hoping that the organization that the attorney represents does the same thing, just kind of takes a hard look at themselves, be honest with where you are, and then take take honest, um, intentional steps to do better. And, and I'll give you an example, um, uh, Google. Um, I was reading this article in The Economist Education where Google said, listen, you know, right now we only have um, 3.67% Black and um, 8.05% Latino. And we want to do better. Like we have a goal of increasing that, and that's just on the on the race front. But of course, we we have to talk about the LGBTQ um, uh, population as well. But at least you know them and and folks like LinkedIn who talked about only having one percent black and three percent Latino in their organization. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. And they're like, this is. And without highlighting and shedding a light on where you know your problem is, you can't fix it. So you have to shed a light on it first and be honest about it. 
and then take those intentional steps that you've talked about um, earlier to fix it. So, so Brittany, what gives you hope though for the future? I mean, we've talked about the problems, we've talked about you know, so many of the roadblocks that um, many may be facing either employees or organizations to, to have better representation and to do better with DNI. Um, but what gives you hope for the future? Yeah, um, I could have touched on it uh, a little bit um, earlier, but I really believe, you know, I, I come from a higher education um, background and I believe in this next generation. <laughs> you know, Whitney said it best, I believe children are the future. And um, I really believe that this generation, uh, generation Z, is it Z or? Yeah, I think it's generation Z. <laughs> Um, <laughs> they are so um, ready for a change, ready for a revolution. They're already changing the world of work, not standing for anything. We're facing the great resignation right now. Um, and a lot of that is, you know, Generation X and uh, uh, millennials um, going through a period of 2020 working from home, having a lot of time to sit with their thoughts, um, but, uh, and, and realizing what they're, you know, wanting in their life. Um, but I think that really Generation Z kind of spurred that on. They were the ones that were out in the streets, you know, protesting. Um, they are the ones that are kind of not, you know, coming into these internship programs and asking the poignant question, like, are you, you know, being equitable, even in an internship program. Um, you, you, I think someone spoke about it before of, of like, they offered her a full-time job and she was like, no thanks. Um, so they're really living their values. And I think that that's a great example for us all. Absolutely. And having the courage to live their values, right? Yes, and, and, absolutely. And speak up and speak out um, whenever you can. And I know people are always worried about making sure they keep that check coming in. But sometimes it's, it's, it's more important to stand up and be a voice um, and make sure that there's change. So, you know, we talked about Generation Z. I think we, we think it's Z. Um, <laughs> but there's also some of us um, uh, more seasoned uh, listeners on, on, the, uh, on the podcast. So how can we all... Um, even as more seasoned employees or seasoned uh, entrepreneurs, um, how can we contribute to a more equitable workplace? That's a great question. Um, so what I think is important in this era is really to take um, the example from some of the youngsters, um, you know, use, using that generational um, I think that anybody can be a role model. Um, so looking at them and if this is something that's important to you, you know, having the courage to, you know, live your values. If your organization is not even considering this <laughs> um, and you want to see this, you know, change, um, you can try addressing it with leadership, um, explaining that this is important gathering people um, together within the organization to, to discuss it. Um, but ultimately you have to be able to make the decision whether or not um, your values align. And 
to tell you the truth, it's a, it's a talent uh, market right now. So you can find uh, a, an organization that will meet your values. If your organization is um, on their DE&I journey, I think, uh, please, you know, from a practitioner, um, participate, um, engage, discuss, give feedback. Those are all um, just crucial to progressing the initiative. There's, um, there's also, you know, you can start ERGs, employee resource groups that can help to push the needle as well. Collaborating with your coworkers and peers to um, really uh, hold leadership to, you know, what they are ex uh, explaining is an important value for them um, and making sure to hold them accountable. Um, what I would say is what we can all do is keep holding people accountable, not letting this wave go back down um, and making this a, a, a feature that is just um, not a feature, but a important component of every business, um, every thriving business. I think that that's what we can all do. Wonderful, wonderful. Brittany, thank you so much. This has been, again, just an amazing discussion and you are full of, full, full, full of wonderful information. Um, we appreciate it. Hey, listen, how can people get in touch with you um, if they want to know more about what you do and, and really know more about uh, how to put a good strategy in place for DEI for the workplace? Absolutely. So I love to connect with people on LinkedIn. I'm always on LinkedIn as a talent acquisition manager. Um, and so you can find me um, at linkedin.com backslash Brittany Scurry. That's just B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y-S-C-U-R-R-Y. Um, and I'd love to connect, you know, just let me know how you, how you know me. Um, and uh, I, I'd love to connect. Wonderful. Thank you so much again, Brittany. This has been Brittany Scurry. Um, she's been talking to the eLounge today about diversity, equity, and inclusion here in the lounge with myself, Kelly Walker, Shankara, Tatanya, and Annette. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we look forward to seeing you again, uh, virtually, that is, here in the eLounge. Have a great one. Take care. Okay.